I'm Kevin Davis, and this is the Catholic Family Podcast, and I'm very happy to be joined by, well, a couple of other uh, podcasters. Are you guys podcasters? Filmmakers. Let's call them filmmakers. Um, and, and these guys, I, they're, they've really jumped on the scene recently, at least that I've caught. I mean, maybe they, they maybe have been around for a while. I guess we'll find that out here in a minute. But I've caught them recently. They, they really have jumped out to me with some of their music videos, and they're awesome. The, the music videos are absolutely beautiful, and and it's something we we're talking about here shortly before recording here. That just the, the how important it is to show the beauty of our faith and the beauty of our, you know, who we are, what we live. I mean, our faith is our life, right? And so, so to show that and to, to really show what we believe and who we are, that's what we're all about here at Catholic Family Podcast, and that's what they're about here, Andrew and Eliza with Crusader Filmworks, and again. They're going to kind of tell us about themselves. And, and guys, I guess the best place to start is kind of to tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get about who, what you do and, um, well, your, your future projects and your current projects. We want to show a couple of your, your music videos to hope people will, will go over there and check them out because they're, they're awesome. They're beautiful. Um, so I guess I'll just throw it to you guys. I mean, who are you? I guess, how did you meet? Where, where do you come from? And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, well, thank you, Kevin, for having us on. I have been greatly uh, helped by your content that you make. And we talk about often, like the interviews that you conduct helped, I believe for both of us, yeah. people that we know in our journey through the faith. Uh, I guess we could start on how we met. You wanna <laughs> add a little bit to that? I'll, I'll just say that going through uh, my faith, I was born and raised in the SSPX. And then eventually I ended up falling away. When I came back to the faith, that's when I fully took the set of a contest position. And then through the last almost two years, yeah. almost two years, I've been greatly urged to take the talents that I used to use, you know, for myself to make other short films, um, to really take that and glorify God with those talents. And uh, like we talked about a little bit before the podcast, being a part of that mystical body and being a part of the, the art, you know, side of it to bring glory to God is something that we don't see very often. And I want to be able to be a part of that, even if it's a little bit, even if it's literally just to help the faithful, you know, put a smile on their face and then they are able to regain a little bit of strength through that. But that's really the, I think both of our missions between both of our talents, yeah. but you want well, to be, before we get to Elijah, I, I just want to comment real quick. And it's a great point about the art side of it. And I think that nowadays we kind of almost, shrug at it or roll our eyes like oh yeah art you know catholic come on look at think of michelangelo think of caravaggio these things that truly people would walk into a church and be inspired and be you know left in awe and in 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 for god right i mean it wasn't just like oh that's a nice piece of art it was wow that's incredible and that's the scene of the crucifixion or that's that's the martyrdom of of saint peter and you know these things that that really brought the faith to life and brought these stories that of course the true, true stories of our faith brought them to life. And, and that's exactly the point, right? That, that art can be a lot more, right? It really can lead people to God I and mean, lead us, you know, you know, you know, not just from, from nothing to God, but also from being Catholics and, you know, being cradle Catholics to actually having true faith. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a really good point. And I, I'm, I'm totally with you and it's something we need to not take lightly, I think. So, so Eliza, I, I'd, I'd love to know who you are. So, um, I, I actually grew up Protestant. Um, <laughs> so I was raised, I was born and raised in the Lutheran church, Missouri Synod, the, the conservative wing of the Lutheran church. So, um, 
I, I was, when I was 15, we moved from my hometown to Georgia and that's when we couldn't find a church. And to make a very long story short, we went from Lutheran to Anglican, back to Lutheran, back to Anglican, closer and closer and closer, you could say, um, until finally I, I came into the Novus Ordo church because of the Latin mass, actually, because we were going to that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually after the Novus Ordo church, I really started leaning towards Latin mass only. I started to drive down to the SSPX all the way in Florida. I went that route and then, um, this is really summar I'm summarizing a lot, but um, long story short, I went through Most Holy Trinity at the time. Bishop Sanborn was still in Florida, um, so I this was almost three years. This three years ago now. So I came in to the True Church through Most Holy Trinity, and then um, went back up to Georgia, having been confirmed and you know all the conditional sacraments I needed, and uh, doing the whole renunciation of my former heresy and everything like before the altar, all the whole nine yards. It was really really wow. good. My me and my my brother and mom and dad, we all oh. came in together. So that was a great blessing. And so I I definitely, I've always been, um, I've always gone to church my whole life, but uh, not the right ones until recently. So we actually met at the YAG. So. <laughs> ah, Yaggers, okay. Cool. Uh, and it was my first one and his first one and our only one. So it was kind of a miraculous, yeah. like, I didn't ever expect to be able to go. Um, I was living at my at the time on my parents' farm, and there was just a lot of work to do. We never, I never even thought it was an option to to leave for a weekend. But my brother was like, "Well, I want to go," so we just ten hour drive up to Cincinnati, and um, somehow he was there too because <laughs> yeah. the army sent him to Fort Knox. And yeah. it, again, it was just miraculous because we're, we're in El Paso right now. He's mm -hmm. he was only in Fort Bliss, and then he got sent to Fort Knox which is a couple hours away from Cincinnati and his yes. family lives in Cincinnati. So he would go back up and down mm -hmm. and said, go to the YAG, go to the YAG. And he did. And sure enough. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how it all worked out, wow. but yeah. Well, that's amazing. And that that's boy, talk about God's providence. That, that, that really yeah. is incredible. And, and shout out to the YAG. I mean, I mean, yeah. anyone, everyone knows I'm a big supporter of the YAG though. Though Colleen, she's a, she's an old married lady now. She, it's all, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be coming on any more podcasts anytime soon, but, but no, we greatly appreciate Colleen and all she's done and everyone else who works on the YAG and father McKenna, of course, big, yes. big, big, big he, he, married, he married us. Ah, yeah. well, I, yeah. he, he's, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's like, can you be, like a buddy with a priest. I mean, I know you can't, but really. I, I've, I've never even met him, but I feel like he's my buddy. And Father McKenna, I mean that with all due respect. You, 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 he's the best. I, I really love yeah. him so much. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really amazing. Again, it's actually not even the topic, but just your your whole conversion is pretty incredible. But I, I guess it, it really strikes me when, when I hear these stories of conversion of people who found their way to the truth. And in, what always strikes me is that, of course, first of all, it has to be through God's providence. But there has to be a search for the truth. There, there has to be an actual yeah. desire for that, right? Because if you're not actually desiring it, you're not going from Lutheran to 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 you know Novus Ordo to to Catholic because that won't happen if you're not actually open for for you know for grace and for God's truth. And so I, I guess I just asked you that again before we get into the, the whole musical side of it. I mean, how was that with your family? I mean, I mean, were you guys just kind of open to hey, we we want to do what's right, and then you just kind of found it? To be honest, um, I'll, I would have to give all the credit to my parents and brother and older sister and the, I'm the youngest. And mm -hmm. so I, I really have to give all the credit to them because when I was young, I went to church, I believed in God, but I was not that educated compared to them. 
my parents have been truth seekers from the start. It's really them because they started out, well, my mother was actually born into the true church and baptized in 1963 before the changes. Wow. But uh, she was not raised in the faith because her parents did not do it properly. I mean, they didn't raise her in the faith. So, you know, she ended up going to a Protestant church with her neighbors. She became a Baptist eventually. My dad grew up Episcopalian sort of nominally in Boston and um, or in, in that area for a while and then they moved. But he, he was born into the Episcopalian church and then he became a Baptist. They met at a Baptist Bible college of all places. Wow. And so um, they were the truth seekers. They found they found the Lutheran church as cl much closer than Baptist. I suppose mm -hmm. you could say everything was a step in the, mm -hmm. the right direction um, because they cared. And when they found a problem, they they sought the truth elsewhere. And so they found the Lutheran church and we had a lot of Catholic truths in our Lutheran church, kind of ironically, uh, obviously a lot of issues too, but a lot of Catholic truths still maintained in it. Um, and then with a whole lot of heresy added, but they are the ones that, that were seeking. And I was just a child that went to whatever church they switched to. So that's kind of how it was when I was 15, even when I was 15, when we moved, I was like, okay, well, we're Anglican now. I got confirmed as an Anglican. And then they said, well, there's problems in this church. Let's go to another one. So I just followed and followed and followed. And then I didn't really get into the the truth seeking myself. I was just following them until um, until I became a, an actual Catholic. And that was only due to the rosary. My sister mm -hmm. first gave me a rosary, said, pray it every day. I said, I don't even know how to do this. What are you talking about? <laughs> and she, she said, I'll teach you. Basically, she prayed through it with me once. And I said, okay, all right. I, I kind of get this sort of. She said, pray it every day. I said, what? I can't do that. I'm still Anglican at the time. I'm still like Anglican and I'm going to the um, cathedral Latin mass, the the kind of indult Latin mass because it's beautiful. Because I said to everyone, I said, well, I'm going to go to the, the beautiful cathedral because it's beautiful. We've run out of churches at this point, so I'm just going to go there. I'm not Catholic, but I'm just going there. So it was kind of it was kind of ridiculous how it all happened. But then Our Lady used that for good because my sister was brought into the Novus Ordo first. She gave me the rosary. She told me to pray it. And I, but it was literally a miracle of grace because at that point I was too busy and stuck up to do things like that. It was Mary that said, when Amara, my sister said, pray it every day, the Virgin Mary forced me to do it. <laughs> and I did. And I did. And by the grace of God, I prayed it. And then I said, I need to go to confession. I need to become Catholic. And I did. I, or to, to what I thought was Catholic. And at that point, it was through the Novus Ordo. And then um, after that point, I started really looking. I started really digging in and learning the faith, learning as much as I could, but getting conflicting information from the non-church non versus the old documents I was reading, old catechisms I was reading from the true church. Then just things weren't adding up and I started to get more confused, but also still said, well, we've got to figure this out. And I would listen to all sorts of um, priests, bishops, talks, a million talks. And then I, I got a spiritual director in the Novus Ordo. I, did, I discerned religious life. Um, I... I did everything that I could in that church. And then I eventually said, well, I got to go to the SSPX because at least they care, you know, mm -hmm. at least they're somewhat consistent. At least you can talk to people in the parking lot and not get into a fight with them because you're too conservative and they're not. And, you know, so, so that's where it really started. And then my brother, he's the first one to look into the set of contraposition. He was the first one to go to a CMRI. And at first I was the one freaking out saying, no, no, that's probably invalid. You know, you can't go there. And and we talked on the phone a lot and we were praying and praying the whole process. I mean, I was on my knees praying the rosary saying, Mary, please don't let me go astray. Like put me where I'm supposed to be. And it was very painful because not my whole family. It wasn't my whole family. It was my brother and me first. Well, my brother first, then me. 
than my mom and dad. They, because they, they've been seeking the truth for so long. It wasn't that hard of a sell mm -hmm. when we, there's no pulp. They said, well, we couldn't stand them anyway. <laughs> you know? So it was, it was like, we're kind of happy. It was a relief. It was a relief, but at the same time, very painful because we didn't have a mass nearby. So a long, a long journey, but I have to give all the credit to my parents and brother and sister. And then when I started to seek the truth, it was, it was just the channels of grace that had already been pouring down. But yes, I, you're definitely right. You do have to seek and you will find. And my parents, I think, are a really good example of that coming from Baptist all the way to traditional Catholic. That's well, quite a journey. I want to add that speaking of the truth and wanting to find the truth, when I met Eliza and I met her family, they are probably the most like truth seekers that I ever met in my life. Like they are really about <laughs> yeah. the truth, which is really refreshing because yes. I've been in the military and during that time, that's also when I wasn't really practicing my faith. And then when I mm -hmm. was stationed at Fort Knox temporarily, that's, we talk about God, like smacking me in the face and <laughs> bringing me back. Like, and I was like, and that's when I had a similar, you know, position that she did where I called my brother, you know, I know he was only two yeah. and a half hours away. And the first thing I said to him was like, you know, you were, you were right about all this mm -hmm. stuff. And I need to go to confession again. By the grace of God, I had already been baptized correctly, confirmed, confirmed correctly through the SSPX. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as um, going, getting back into the faith wasn't difficult, but he really was the one that guided me through that whole process. And he already found that set of a composition. I heard a little bit about it. He explained it, made perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, um, God has changed my life completely because then it was at that YAG that year where I met Eliza and uh, Father McKenna was assisting me on the previously uh, during my time in the military, the vaccine mandate happened. Right. Yeah. And I was you know, privileged to be able to get in touch with Father McKenna and Bishop Dolan and get time. letters to help me fight that mandate. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was never able to thank Bishop Dolan in person. I pray I can thank him uh, in mm -hmm. heaven. But for Father McKenna, I was able to thank him in person. I was mm -hmm. like, thank you for writing that letter. It, it really greatly helped me during those trying times. And um, eventually he was the one who married us. Yeah. Now, that was a great privilege to have yeah. that much connection with Father McKenna. I know he's on your show quite often. Yeah. And it's always amazing mm -hmm. to hear that he was on talking about how blessed their county sheriff is. Oh, yes. Yeah. And talking about how uh, that was one of the reasons why they were able to stay open during that, though, the during those downs. times yeah. was because their sheriff was like, I'm not going to. Sheriff not gonna was help. just awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish we had a sheriff like that. I know. <laughs> I hear yeah. you. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing, though, what, what, what really. It's it really always comes back to the rosary too. Those those are the two things. I mean, I mean, it, it really is the the search actually is having to search for truth, like actually like like you want to find the truth. And I, I see a lot of people here in Germany too who who come to it because of really through politics too. It's actually pretty interesting. Through I see it in France too. These guys who come to it because they they, they have to find truth in politics, and then they they determine. There is no truth in politics, right? There is none. The world doesn't offer us any truth, and then I think they search and search and search, and they find the truth. But but Our Lady through the Rosary, it's every story. I'm telling you, it's just incredible. I, I'm gonna have to go back through all of these conversion stories and, and and look it up and get these different you know quotes from it because it really is incredible. It's always the Rosary. It's, I, I just kind of picture it as Our Lady with the lasso, you know, kind of yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. gotcha, you know, and then you, you're you're pulled in kind of because that I think that's really really how it is. I mean, it's, she's incredible. And, and yeah. it really is. and that, But it shows you, too, I mean, the, the the blessings you get from that. And and if you're 
boy, if you're struggling, if you're, if you're looking for your faith, anybody who is in the Novus Ordo, SSPX, Lutherans, I mean, pray the rosary. Yes. Pray the rosary and search for truth. I mean, I mean, I know we do shows, and, and we talked about this again before the show, that we do shows with Novus Ordo Watch. I mean, you know, it sounds like we're bashing the people in the SSPX, and that's not it. We're, you know, the positions we think, okay, these are kind of silly, and maybe it sounds kind of harsh, but no, everyone has to go through their own steps. I mean, even people who are born into state of Vicantism, I was, I still had to go through my own struggles of, of accepting it as my own faith, right? I mean, Andrew, I think you did too. I mean, you're SSPX, but I mean, you still have to, you have to go through the struggles and accept, hey, okay, yeah, this is what I believe. Not just what my parents believe. This is what I yes. believe. And it, it is hard. And it's hard for anybody. And everyone goes through those different steps. And it's a, it's beautiful to hear. And it really is. Every time I hear it, it's just like, oh, okay. I, I, I'm going to predict it next time. I'm going to do another show. I'm going to say, okay, I bet you. <laughs> you guys wanted the truth and you prayed the rosary and yep. there you go. That that's, that's kind of, it ends up how it is. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and, and the yag, I guess the yag is, is, is the third little piece there to, to, to throw yeah. in there. But, yeah. um, and so, so I guess I would ask you guys, so, so Andrew, maybe I'll ask you first, what, what is your piece in this, in the media side? You said you, you made short films before. Was that before you met Eliza? Were you doing that just as a hobby or how did that come about? Yeah. So growing up, um, Part of my interest growing up was making, which is watching movies. It was like an escapism for myself, diving into movies, analyzing the characters, um, analyzing the story, the message of the movie. Whenever me and my dad went to go see a movie, he would ask me, what do you think the moral of the message was? What do you think the message was? Was it good? Was it bad? So there was always that morality that was placed within watching movies and storytelling. So I was fascinated with that from the moment. I can't remember the first time I watched a movie, but from that moment, I was hooked within the filmmaking world. Um, that's not always a good thing because uh, it became too much of a distraction from the faith, which I think ultimately was part of my demise with with the, with the faith itself, because I should have been learning the faith alongside of, you know, learning how to make short films too. But uh, nonetheless, I ended up learning how to make stop motions. I took like action figures and Legos and just took like thousands of photos and made them move and you know do different things i was like wow this is crazy i'm making i'm making a movie now mm -hmm. so it became watching them to actually it's way more fulfilling for me to make them you know any i think any artist can say that you know they made their first fascination like let's say you have a, a painter and he just sees a painting he's moved by it eventually he learns how to paint and he's like that's way more fulfilling to make it than to mm -hmm. indulge in it because you're trying to give something to people and i think that's probably the same for eliza with her with her music but yeah um yeah when, when i went through and started learning how to make stop motions eventually i wanted to get into the live action role so i would make fan films i, I made a fan film of uh inception and uh well th there's some really cringy ones too like <laughs> I, I made a fan film of like sherlock holmes oh, where it was yeah <laughs> maybe I'll say how old, how old are you? well tell them how old you were saying i was, was maybe like he 13, was a kid 14. we're talking about <laughs> yeah. got it and I was, I loved it though. I yeah. was like, this is my episode one. Here's episode two. Like, like here, here's the pre-production. Like I, I learned all the terms and I'm like, okay, we're going to write the screenplay. Then we're going to, we're going to find the location, which is the backyard. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're going to do film scouting. We're going to find it. It's like, okay, well, I'll, yeah. it's in the backyard. So we're going to go film over there. Yeah. And, um, you know, my dad, my brother, they all helped out, you know, my sister, like they were all part of it, yeah. part of the production. So then eventually as I kept making them, I started to get, better at it to the point where you know i was in touch with some people who were you know part of film schools and they're like this is better content than what i see in the film school and i'm like okay yeah. and then that was the whole thing of like 
okay, so let me let me see what I can do to continue to make these short films. And then I, I dived into a lot of superhero stuff. I made a lot of superhero, like fan films, short films, that kind of stuff. And uh, it taught me so much with the cinematography, the soundtrack, the acting. How do I direct? How do I capture like a really good shot cinematography? And how do I make it movie-like? How do I make it like what I see in, on the big screen? So that's really my my way of getting into it. Just self-taught. I watch a lot of film, right? They teach people how to make movies. They call it like the, uh, you know, the, the you know, you, there's no film school you need to go to. You can just watch our content. We can teach you how to make this stuff. So I started doing that, made a bunch of uh, short films, uh, did a lot of, you know, superhero stuff. And then eventually, uh, as I came back to the faith, I realized like none of that stuff I made is glorifying to God. Ultimately, um, I really had to go through some tough times, a lot of conversations with her where I was like, is any of this really redeemable? Can I make it? It's not like it was like really filthy or, you know, vulgar. Most of the stuff I made, it was just very secular, you know? Mm -hmm. So eventually that went away and then I really felt a calling to devote those talents to God who rightfully gave me that. So it belongs to him. And I was like, okay, let me, let me make some stuff. So when I was at Fort Knox, I felt a calling to start producing even just short form, very like, like YouTube short kind of content. Mm -hmm. And that's when the Crusader Runner account started, which is now called Crusader Filmworks. And I started making videos about the faith, just little short ones. Even some of them were just biblical text with like some shot I took, like try to make it as good looking as I can and then put it out there. Mm -hmm. Eventually when me and Eliza got married after that is when we started to think about what well, we should really put together, you know, like full productions. And she already recorded a lot of stuff like the Al Father and Aramaic. Yeah, I was, did that like two years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Maybe three years ago. And then yeah. you know, she always really liked that Cristero song. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved it. I listened to it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So when we really started to think about the talents and how God brought us together, she really possessed all of the musical talents. And I was able to provide the visual art talent. I'm like, let's mm -hmm. let's make these music videos. Let's let's yeah. make it together. So when she recorded the Cristero song, uh, I was at I, yeah El Martes. I was mm -hmm. at work, came back. She's like, I'm I'm done. Listen to it. She tweaked it a thousand times. Oh, more than, <laughs> more than a thousand. <laughs> yeah. And then we're Infinity. like, okay, like let's let's do this because we are in El Paso. This yes, is the, the location, location was providential. Yeah. The location really was providential. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I really believe that God really blessed that particular video. I mean, I, I don't think I've, uh, even when I made it, I was like, there's not, I've never made something this good before. This high <laughs> quality, this is like beautiful. You think if you were to like put in the For Greater Glory Blu-ray and then like one of the, the special features was that music video, it would fit. Yeah. And I'm so like honored to be a part of that because again, bringing uh, light, the martyrdom, bringing to light those stories that often people don't know about. A lot of people who are secular and even a lot of Catholics sometimes don't know these stories. And I know, I know I had to be introduced to it. So well, what, what I love about it too, I mean, I, I, I love everything about that song. I, we'll, we'll show that in a minute. We'll, we'll play a part of it so everyone can hear it. But um, I love the language. It, it's, it's something you just don't hear, right? You don't, you don't hear this honest language. You're like, yep, I'm going to go, they're going to kill me tomorrow. And this is yeah. why. 
And yeah. I just love it. There was something so striking about it because it's, it, yeah. it has nothing to do with our world now, right? It's, it's like a different world. It's a different, it's so different. Like our time is like, oh, you know, it, you just imagine everything would be softer. Oh, you know, oh, we don't, oh, we don't want to talk. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to shoot me on Tuesday because, yeah, yeah, because I believed in Jesus Christ. And it's like, whoa, yeah. boy, that's pretty strong, you know, it, but, it, but, but in a good way, it really does. It strikes you and like, that's what we had, you know, and that's what, that's what these, these men and women had in Mexico, even though they were being put to death, it makes you question, did they still have it better? And I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough question. And I'm not saying necessarily in many ways, obviously not physically. No, they were, many of them were, were tortured and killed, of course, but whew, it's an, it's an interesting concept that maybe they did have it better. They at least had the concept of why they're here. Why are we here? And they were here for Jesus Christ and they were willing to die for it. That's a pretty yeah. incredible thing. And that that's uh, something that we, boy, talk about a lesson for us. And, and we'll look at that. I'm going to show that video real quick, but, but Eliza, then I'll ask you, it's fascinating, Andrew. Andrew, you, you have a similar way as me, I suppose, very different. I, I'm not um, any way graphically talented at all. I mean, like I could probably put together stick figures and make it look kind of interesting, but, but I, I went to, I, again, I, I, went, I think I told you guys before the show, I, I did, you know, I, I was a sports podcaster and, and I, I, I would got up not big, but I mean, I was, I was enough that it was, people were listening to me. And I remember sitting there one time and I was looking at the views, you know, I looked at the views one day and it's like, Oh, I got, I don't know, a couple thousand views in a day. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, and then the next day, zero. <laughs> because because nobody listens to sports after a day it's done like you yeah. it, you have sports talk and it's one day people listen and then it's gone forever forever no one will ever 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 again listen to that podcast and it really struck me as like wow you know i'm pretty good at this and i like it i still love sports but nobody cares it's gone <laughs> it's and, and it really struck me as like okay you know i want to do something that actually matters and that, that's part of why i started this but anyway it, it really it's it's fascinating that, that i think I, I feel similar to you andrew but but eliza so how did you did you did you train or is it just kind of god-given talent it well it's both. definitely both <laughs> yes <laughs> so um i i was definitely blessed with a musical gift that i didn't know i had until an opera singer at my lutheran church told my parents, she has a gift, you need to get her into lessons, piano lessons. Cool. And I, when I heard him say that, I was scared. I don't know why. It scared me. I said, what does that mean? Like, I'm scared. What, 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 what's going on? It, it, it actually frightened me. Now I wanted to do piano lessons. Like I would go, what, what happened was I would go over to my friend's house when I was a child. We're talking second, third grade. I'd go over to my friend's house. She had a beautiful baby grand piano. She was getting piano lessons all the time. Um, and I didn't have piano lessons, but my brother had had him as a child and then stopped and then, you know, picked up the trumpet in school. So we were always involved with music, but I was little at that point. I wasn't in the age of joining band yet. You know, we, we went to public school, of course. So, but I would go to my friend's house and I would listen to her play a little bit. And then I would say, I want to learn that. And I would just copy what she did. And I'd figure it out. We'd sit there for like half an hour. And I, all I wanted to do was sit at her piano and figure it out and play it. And I got to the point where I was playing, you know, easy versions of like Beethoven pieces and things like that. Like the, the easy child versions in her books, not knowing how to read a thing. I mean, I, if I looked at that, I would it'd be hieroglyphs to me, but I would just look at the piano and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, she would play and I would copy. And so when I would go to the church, because we didn't have a piano, every time I went to church, I went downstairs to the basement. And I played that piano all the time. Cause what happened was we had, we had an electric piano and my parents, um, when my brother quit, 
piano lessons. I don't remember how old he was, but they donated it to the Lutheran church. So the one they used for the choir, you know, to rehearse with was our electric piano. So we didn't have it at home anymore. So I would go to the church basement and I would just play all the time on that thing every Sunday. And the, the opera singer I mentioned before, he, you know, great to uh, him and his wife, very good musicians. Um, you know, classically trained operatic baritone and soprano. They were incredible, but they would, um, just like watch me and I, I guess they just noticed and a musician can notice another one very easily and now that I'm one I know I'm, I pick them out like a little child that comes to me for a lesson for the first time I, I'll know instantly yes they mm -hmm. they are going to stick with it and another one they're not really meant for this they might want to do it as a hobby but they're probably going to fall off we can always you can always see um but so he he scoped me out and told my parents because they, they were friends with my parents and my parents got me into um piano lessons. And so my piano lessons, though, unfortunately, it was with a family friend, but I, um, I did not get a good foundation at all in reading music. Mm -hmm. It was, awful. I was so bad at it. But the problem was because I was addicted to learning by ear. So I just learned it by ear way faster than I could read it. And that really crippled me with music reading because I, I could play fast, I could play Mozart, Alaterka, whatever it was. But I could not look at that music for the life of me and learn a new piece. It would take me like months to even get two pages down. So I was a little crippled musically, but um, when I got into, I would say, okay, sixth grade, that's when you join band, if you're gonna join band. So I joined band and I asked to play trumpet and I sent in the slip and the teacher sent back the slip and said, you're gonna play flute. I said, but I wanna do trumpet. Well, they have enough trumpets, you're playing flute. Okay, okay. <laughs> my parents got me a, like a whatever, you know, 50, $40 flute from a yard sale. And I started figuring it out before I went to school really badly. Got to school, got a basic understanding of it. And then um, through middle school, really started to become one of the ones that really cared. You can, again, you can always tell in band too. The one that has a good sound after a year and the one that just didn't even <laughs> get anywhere past the first, you know, level. Um, so I, in school was where I learned how to read music. And, and I really learned my instrument, my flute instrument. And then... Um, and I was always singing hymns in church since I was a little child. So singing was always there, but never, ever training, never got trained in singing um, until a few years ago and maybe three or four lessons. That's it. Never had formal musical training on, on voice, uh, except for just the, really a handful of lessons. But um, so I got into flute and then in, I think, eighth grade or seventh grade, I wanted to start violin because my piano teacher also played violin as a secondary. So she said, OK, I'll teach violin. So I. I started those a little bit, but then we moved not not even two years after that, and I didn't really have time to practice. So I'm way more self-taught on violin. In fact, I, I don't say that I'm a classical violinist at all um, because I can't play like them, but I'm a fiddler and I'm a folk violinist. So I, I definitely identify as a fiddler. I'm a classically trained flutist now because I did go to college. I got a degree in flute performance. So I got all my training there when I was still, uh, you know, Lutheran and Anglican. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of other propaganda garbage that college gives you that going back, I really would have preferred to just skip all that and just only do music, but you know how it is. But anyway, so um, I did get formal training in flute. I have a degree in classical flute. Um, so I also picked up guitar in high school playing terrible rock music, absolutely horrible, <laughs> um, very bad. Uh, so I actually have a similar story to Andrew where, you know, a lot of the music I played at first was not good, not glorifying to God. It, it was not, you know, I was also like kind of, I, I was like doing um, a lot of ensemble groups in college, you know, um, 
different swing and jazz bands, things like that. But I eventually, when I converted, I realized, okay, I play like seven instruments now, you know, mandolin, voice and all that. It just added one after another, after another. I play all these instruments. I'm used to playing not very good music, you know, just objectively speaking. There's, they're not morally sound. A lot of it was not. Um, so I kind of went through this huge purge. I mean, over the course of a few years, I, I did a lot of study and I, I studied, okay, where does, where do these rhythms come from? Where does this come from? Where is this, you know, all of everything you could possibly, I mean, I watched every documentary. I read so many books on it, on music and the power of music and what is supposed to be used for and the power that it has to distort the image of God really more or less in people, because it either brings you up or down. There's really no, there's really no middle ground with music. It, it brings you up or it brings you down. And so once I learned that, and the power of frequencies, particularly all of these things, like my head is just full of just information. I said, okay, there's too much. So I needed to do what I call like a huge purge. And it, it basically my period of time in the desert, so to speak, I stopped playing a lot. I didn't practice a lot on really any instrument. I listened only to Gregorian chant and sacred music, sacred polyphony for so long. Cause I said, I just need to cleanse my palate. I need to get rid of the attachments to all these types of music because they're making it impossible for me to actually judge them objectively. So I, I purged myself of that. Um, and I, I, with a lot of prayer and reflection over many, I'd say a couple years, I kind of came back um, to playing and teaching. And um, I teach classical music and I teach a lot of folk music. I do not teach rock music. I don't teach a lot of genres um and i'm very particular about what when a student comes to me and wants to play this song i'm i'm like okay are all the lyrics moral if they're not if we can't change any and it doesn't work it's out you know mm -hmm. I, I can't i can't take part in that so i went through a huge it, it was wild honestly looking back but um so with teaching I, I still teach i have a few students here in el paso and i still have some virtual students from georgia but um I'm, I couldn't ever really teach in a school because I there's so much I won't play. And, and you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to condone because I know too, it's like once you know too much, it's like with us. Now we can't walk into a Novus Ordo, bless ourselves with the non-holy water, kneel down and pray as if everything's fine. I kind of have the same the same mentality with a lot of music now. I'm like, oh, I know too much. You know, I can't yeah. do that. I can't play that. And so. Um, I created a website. Uh, my, my teaching studio is called Old School Music and Old School Music Studio. And the whole point of it is old school, as in we're talking all the way back to classical, sacred, everything that we used to do, plus all the good and wholesome folk music that, that is good and wholesome to take part in. Because there are some types of folk music that are not that are not wholesome. I don't care how old they are. They're not, you know, a lot of them are ancient and ritualistic drumming patterns. You're talking about, you know, you don't want to do you know, a voodoo drum ritual is folk music, right? Are we going to do that? No, <laughs> you know, that's not, that is so bad that, you know, the whole point of it is to summon spirits. Like you can't do that. Right. So some people I think will, will say folk music. Oh yeah, it's probably fine. Cause it's folk. Well, you got to make sure, you know, you really right. got to, is it fine? So my whole purpose now is sacred and folk music. I do sacred music mainly for, honestly, for therapeutic purposes. It's, it's music therapy. It, it's, it has a, really miraculously calming effect and this is both spiritual and physical and and um so i got really deep into that studying that uh the only problem with that field is music therapy has a lot of new age um mm. 
you know, stuff in it. So you really have to, you have to really be careful yeah. and pick and choose. And so, but when you look at it from the lens of being a traditional Catholic, it makes it really, you can just see, oh, red flag. Okay. We're not going that way. But when you see that there are healing frequencies, there are healing methods of singing, there is an openness in the throat that, that it has a healing property and then a closed off pop sounding voice that is not. And you can always, you can start to find these little things. And anyway, so that's to make a pretty long story short ish. But uh, so, yeah, so I am classically trained, but I'm also very much self-taught and I just record on my own. All of my recording equipment is, I mean, I use a laptop. I use the free software audacity and I use a Yeti mic. That <laughs> nice. That's I, right. I, I love to hear it. I'm not the only one jury rigging stuff. Right? No, yeah. And, yeah. And you know, you can do a lot with that. Yeah. You don't have to have a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar recording studio. Yeah. And, and you know what, some of the people that go to those produce garbage music. And so it's, you know, it doesn't, so true. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I do my best with what I have and God has really blessed me with, with the materials and the, my dad is, is a huge part of it. He was always so supportive of music and for me, and he would buy any instrument I wanted to learn. And without that, I wouldn't be where I am. He always awesome. said, I'll pay for lessons and an instrument. And man, I took advantage of that. <laughs> like awesome. crazy. I have like seven, you know, but so yeah, that's, that's more or less my background in music. No, it's fascinating, and, and it's it's really interesting when you when you talk about Gregorian stuff because I, I felt the same. It is healing. I mean, you, you know, people wonder like why you know you hear these stories of the monks back in the day, and they they lived till they were one hundred and twenty. It's like, okay, why? Well, they had a regular schedule. They ate well. They worked hard, and they sang six times a day, and they sang Gregorian chant. That that is absolutely positively healing. It's psychologically healing, and. It, I mean, I, I dare anyone to, to, to really, you got to learn how to do it too. That's true. I mean, I, I, I know not well, but I know basically how to sing Gregorian. And, and if you do, especially if you do it with a Gregorian men's choir, I suppose women's yeah. choir. Yeah. Oh man, it's amazing. I it just like, it's like, wow. I, you feel like a different person. I, and it, it is, it's, it's really a different way of, of lifting your voice to God. And it really, it is healing. I, I'm totally, I, I've experienced it myself. It's, it's incredible. I, I highly, highly recommend everyone to, to, yeah, give it a shot. Learn Gregorian chant and um, go mm -hmm. and sing it because I, I can tell you it will it will change you. Um, it, it's it's really really incredible. And, and I think also you, your your point about how important it is to as parents. I mean, I, I've got a couple of young kids um, who I, I I hope to be the same as your dad. You know, I mean, if they especially if they show desire and they show you know compunction and, and skill, I suppose too. Boy, I gotta I gotta give them every every advantage, every possibility to do that. Right to to be able to 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 sing and play. We have friends from here in Austria, the whole family plays, everyone plays an instrument. Some of them yeah. play like 10, like you. And, <laughs> and and they'll come and visit us and they'll just put on a whole performance for us. You know, it's just like, it's incredible. It's just like, you know, we'll have oh, lunch. It's like, hey, do you want us to play for you? And they'll just play for, for an hour. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine that as a family? Just like, hey, let's sit around the backyard and play some, and this is like, this is Bavarian, not Bavarian, I guess it's Austrian folk music. But it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that, that there's nothing like that. that. That is talk about a good family atmosphere. It's just uh, yes. there's nothing like music that can really bring the family together. Again, of course, if it's wholesome. But um, yep. I can't recommend it enough. And before we get going, I, I really it's already 40 minutes in. I have not played your guys video yet. It's just incredible. <laughs> you see, you see, you see how we are. We just get going. We never stop. Uh, I, I want to play it. I'm going to play this before we get going too much, because I, I, I want people to continue to listen to this and to watch um this video about the the um cristeros yes. um el martes maybe you say it el martes me fusilan literally means on tuesday they shoot me <laughs> i love <laughs> it the title love it. gives you everything it's, yeah, it's great. yeah. I love it. all right 
mariachi traditional ranchera. I love it. All right, here we go. Let's play a couple. We'll play a couple, a couple, uh, 10, 20 seconds of it. Oops. Sure. <laughs> Oh, I love it. It, it. It's actually kind of a funny thing. Like I, so we put this, I, you guys know, we put this on part of one of the videos, the um, indefectible video. And, and so we listened to that quite a few times and my, my kids just love it. So I have a one-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl and they That's just awesome. it, like the rest of the video, they're kind of, da, 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 and then that song comes on and they're just like, I just can't get enough of it. They just love it. And there's, it's just, I, I, it, it's so good. And it's so as you said, as you said, Andrew, it's really, it could really be part of a bigger movie type of thing. It's really well shot. I mean, it's just, it's beautifully done. And it's, I just love the context too. I mean, it's just, it's high. Ah, we need more of that, right? We need more of that, just that spirit of, all right, well, they're going to shoot me on Tuesday, <laughs> but it's for a good reason, you know, because it's because yeah. I believe in Jesus Christ. It's, I, I just love that. And so, so I, yeah. I guess, I mean, we, we've talked a bit kind of how you got here. So I'm just going to ask, we're already at 40 minutes, but I'm going to ask, you know, maybe quickly, how, what is the process of actually shooting that video? How did you actually just put that together? <laughs> okay. So uh, after she recorded everything and everything was done, I was okay. Let's uh, initially we try to go out and shoot. And then we didn't have enough time that, that night because the sun started the going sun out down, <laughs> a lot quicker yeah. than we thought mm -hmm. it was going to. So then we rescheduled the shoot. We ended up heading out to uh, it's called trans mountain over here in El Paso. And it is one of the most beautiful views. Yes. If you ever find yourself in El Paso or anybody who's watching this, like yeah. that's a beautiful spot to go through because you can see the overcast. You can see a beautiful El Paso and then mm -hmm. just the desert and a lot of Mexico as well. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to go over there to film it. So uh, we, I just brought my, my DSLR camera and then we looked at, I guess before we get into the, the recording part, I like we actually got the prop for it too right so yeah, the little uh, resin uh cast revolver we got it away. yeah nice well, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's perfect and yeah. we got a holster for it at tracker supplies <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we we found that it was just a wall like hanging like a wall hanging yeah revolver, revolver. but it was going to be in the holster so like, okay it's going to yeah. look real enough yeah so we got that we got the holes right like you said at tracker supply we went mm -hmm. out to trans mountain and then we just had a bluetooth speaker on one of our our phones we would play it my recording so that way she could, could be sing able along. to sing along to it right. mm -hmm. and it was just a matter of capturing some of the you know trying to capture some of the most beautiful shots to reflect a beautiful song and a beautiful message mm -hmm. and just like you said that kind of stuff when you read it and you see it is something that changes within you and you're motivated and you're inspired to 
be like the Catholics of the past, like yeah. the Crusaders, like the Cristeros, like the martyrs, the saints that had such zeal and love for our faith. Like how you said when you, on Tuesday, they shoot me because I worship Jesus Christ. <laughs> and to hear that as a Catholic is not something you see very often. That's why if I hunt down these movies that end up being, you know, pretty, pretty good. I mean, we know about the Passion of the Christ and, and certain other movies as well, like Paul, Apostle Christ. When you hear them mention, like, our love for our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's on a big screen or it's, it's a high production, it really hits different because you're – that's the true God. That is – it's not just like we're watching, again, like superhero movies where yeah. it's like this is all make-believe. It's, you know, kind of like a like the new pagan gods that we're watching. Okay, mm -hmm. we see this, you know – we see a superhero do what he, got, he has to do and then they're fighting for some sort of moral code but this is like a true yeah. moral code of like what we live every day so when we see music or hear music or watch movies about anything like this it inspires catholics so the whole point was just to get capture some really good footage we know that uh, a lot of these battles happen in a desert like environment yeah. mm -hmm. um so we were like let el paso this is the you know we might as well use this location while we're still here because I only have uh, less than a year until I'm out of the military and we're going to end up going yeah. back to the East, East Coast. Coast. So it's like, hey, let's get as much content done In that revolves around the desert, yeah. like the mm -hmm. Owl Father and Aramaic. Yeah, um, that worked mm -hmm. really well. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and then, you know, El Marte's, and we're going to we have a few more projects we'll talk about mm -hmm. uh, here shortly. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the process was just to capture as best as I could with the amount of cinematography that I've learned in the past put it towards something good now. Like how you said in the past, you were, you know, you did podcasting that wasn't fulfilling. Now this is fulfilling what you're doing now. And the same thing for me was, okay, let's capture this and then put it on screen. After we were done recording that day, we were pretty exhausted, but oh, we yeah. were on, we were on fire to edit. So we yeah. started editing like majority yeah. in like one day. It took a long time. It yeah, did. Yeah. Well, cause he had taken so many shots because yeah. Well, you know, like 10 different ones on Trans Mountain alone. And then we went yeah. to a different location, not far from where we live here. Um, when the sun started getting a little lower, we have a view of Mount Crystal Ray, which is yes. beautiful. It's in Sunland Park, New Mexico, a little over the border. But um, it's um, it's got a beautiful cross on the top. It's like a giant statue on the top that's a cross uh, with Jesus on it. But it's not a regular crucifix, right? Yeah, it's like a, a, it's kinda like a resurrection. resurrection type. But yeah. it's cross and yeah. whenever the sun starts to go down you can see a beautiful silhouette of a cross on that mountain and right. it said we've got to have mount crystal ray in it because obviously yeah. it's named mm -hmm. you know, cristeros and so um yeah. so we came back here and we did some of those shots with me playing the violin interludes um so that we could go back and forth between trans mountain and the mount crystal ray mm -hmm. array with the sun going down you can see the cross and yeah it's really cool. cool so it was two locations and a lot of a lot of shots and a lot of editing so we edited yeah, that for a lot hours of, on end. Yeah, we edited it. We went. <laughs> I got through. so tired of the yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I recorded you know, it five hundred times. For her, she gets tired of it. But I can still listen to it now, and Whoa. I'll just put on Whoa. and be like, and I'm like, oh, this, not this, again. <laughs> like I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank and you. um, yeah, you're welcome. It, it, it's just like again, how you said. For me, it's like recording it. I didn't actually understand the language at all. Right. Yeah. So, so I put the lyrics after. So once the video was done. So, uh, and she understood Transition. bits of it, but you know, while we're recording it, she's like, oh, I, I, I think I just said like this because she knows the lyrics, but she didn't have it memorized. I didn't have it all memorized in English. And then the translation. So it was a rewarding experience to go through yeah. the editing process and having the, because she mm -hmm. ended up you know, subtitles for the it, lyrics, yeah. the lyrics, and then 
as we're watching it, when we actually put it out, we watched it for like that first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those English at first we're like, man, we don't even want to put English lyrics on there. Like, no, we really, no, we really, really to, need yeah. to do that. It, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like if they made Passion of Christ and they didn't put, they didn't you put know, the yeah, they didn't put the subtitles. <laughs> it, it, it was it's beautiful, but you would you get like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would actually, I would have understood if you didn't, but, it, but I, I think it's better. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was impactful seeing the seeing the translation for sure. And, and I have to comment too. I mean, you're saying the power of of video, and it's it's really interesting. We just recently did a um, I read from Intro Evo um, about Pius Pius XII kind of gave. I think it was a Christmas um, speech a declaration. I don't know what you call it, but but he he gave a talk about media. I guess a couple different ones in this in this blog. And it really talks about that. It's like, hey, look, you know, this this media is incredible and it can do so much. It can bring so many people to God. It can bring beauty and, and it can bring stories that no one else can tell. And it can bring knowledge that no one else would ever know. And it can bring, you know, of course, ugliness and horror and, you know, and, and terrible things. And I think that's that's really an important thing to, to remember that the media itself is certainly not bad. I mean, this medium too, you know, YouTube, okay, YouTube itself maybe. But I mean, the idea of having something that, that, that you know, that has you know the ability to share video is is an amazing thing, and, and if we use it for the for of course the glory of God, and that's a good thing to know. And I think it's a, a good thing to remember that not to be so black pilled. I mean, I, I think you guys are a good you know example of that too. Don't be so like oh, it's all bad. You know, everything's terrible. We're all yeah. going to it's all going to explode and die. And he's like, come on, no. I mean, it, where's the proof of that? You know, let's let's. I mean. We, we, I've got a couple of young kids. I want to br- build a good, you know, world and life for them as best as I possibly can, you know, and yeah. the world, if the world ends, the world ends. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. So, I mean, who cares, honestly? So it's, let's build the best and most beautiful world. And part of that, as we know, is media. I don't care if people like it or not. That's the truth. It is media. Yeah. So if that's the case, let's do our, the best we can to, to, to provide it. So, so I, I guess I'd ask you guys then what's, what's next. I mean, I know we haven't talked about all the videos you have already. I mean, again, the one I love the best is, is the, the Cristero song, but I know you've, you've done Okomo Komi Manual, which unfortunately is about two days before it's, it's a uh, out of, out of season. Um, yes. So, so everyone go check that out right now. Um, go, go listen to that today and uh, tomorrow and Sunday before, before it's Christmas. Um, but uh, it's, it's also beautiful. Um, absolutely recommend i mean it's, it's it's a it's again it's just nice it's just nice to have good music you know it's just like oh that sounds nice it's beautiful it's beautifully shot beautifully sung and that's it, a it's a nice thing so i guess i'd ask you guys then what what's next you, you said you have a couple other projects in 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 the works and and i'm excited for it. What, what what's up what's on the the docks yeah so we are working on several videos for christmas one of them is actually going to be a sermon from bishop mcguire cool. and we're going to make it into uh, theatrical with his voice in the background kind of like the the christian motivational videos i made but just mm-hmm. with sermon right and then we are working on if you want to talk about it um, yeah i recorded a christmas carol yeah. i guess i want to i won't say what it is just for yeah the, i guess you won't, you won't say it. yeah yeah um but yes yeah. yeah, so i recorded it already it's ready to go and we intend to go out tonight to film for that one yes and then have that one probably premiere on christmas cool. eve Okay. So Christmas Eve, that's the goal. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, I, we just have a handful of other little musical Christmas things that we're gonna we're gonna put together. Um, yeah. And I think that's it for Christmas. But yeah. then then you can you can tell about the sure. short film so after um, Christmas, after we get done with, all, done that with all that content. Yeah. We there's been a project been wanting to work on for a while, and this will be the first short film I've actually made. You know, post my recruitment. 
it's going to be the burning bush of the book of Exodus. So that's going to be a project that we're going to go into pre-production, write the screenplay, which is uh, very difficult. I've been doing this for a while. I've been trying to find out what, what's the right move when it comes to taking scripture sure. and putting into a screenplay. Right. And I, I'm being very hesitant with that. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm we doing my do research. It right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I sure. want to show Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I want to show a few priests to get them to look at it and make sure it, it's sound. Totally. And then, and then we're going to go film that. Cause again, the, desert, the desert is yeah. a good place mm -hmm. to film that particular, uh, that particular that scene, scene yeah. with Moses speaking to, to God, to God. through the, the, the burning bush. So that's going to yeah. be the first short film that's going to be put out by Crusader Filmworks. And it'll be the first yeah. short film I've made uh, years, since right? in, in like at least two, uh, two and a half years. Yeah. So yeah, um, those are the projects. We have other ones to come after that. Yeah, there's a lot more music too coming yeah. that um, yeah. I also already have recorded. Now I do on my I do have a, a website with all of my recordings that there's a link to like a Google Drive. You don't have to have Google at all to get them because you can just click the link. It's a shareable link and you can download all the audios. So I have a lot of audios on there of secular folk music and sacred music. And um, so because I've had so much already recorded, we're just gonna knock out a video every now and then and you know whenever so yeah. after the christmas season we'll probably do one of i, I made one I, I can go ahead and tell them about this one because andrew really likes this one yeah. it was um this there i made a folk song out of the poem by joyce kilmer the catholic poet mm -hmm. um fulton sheen used to quote him a lot um mm -hmm. but he wrote a poem it's very famous people people might might know it but uh it's called prayer for a soldier in france mm -hmm. and it's um it's really a beautiful poem. So I set it to music as a folk song. It's already on my website, the, the audio. But oh. Andrew, I think when we get to the East Coast and we have a lot of woods and like nice scenes for that, we will do a video for that. So that yeah. one's coming in the future at some point. But um, yeah. so we have a lot of music videos that we can put together pretty quick if you, you know, because I'm already done with the recordings. But there's also new recordings I want to make. And like there's some more, maybe more Mexican rancheras that I would like to record as well while we're here because I love, I love rancheras. I love I love yeah. singing in Spanish. I was singing in any language, really. So, um, so we'll do more. But, but the the burning bush and the Christmas stuff is coming. Well, yeah. Christmas is coming very soon, and the burning yeah. bush is and, coming as soon as possible. And then there's one. Well, there's a bigger projects that we're working on that yes. we actually wanted to talk to you about too, which is potentially making some documentaries. Yeah, some really high quality documentaries for with, with interviews yeah. with real live people. Not just about the crisis in the church, but yes. that would be a good part because I really like the idea of, well, we, we've been talking about this. We really like the idea of having like, okay, for for example, watching Indefectible from you guys. Um, I really love seeing when you interview people on the ground from the time, watching their church change in front of their eyes. Yeah, That is really wonderful to hear from the people. It's right. really undeniable that an enemy hath done this, you know? So um, I yeah. really like the idea of, of having formal interviews like that and also theatrical things to, to put into documentaries. And we're talking more short form, not, you know, two hour, not one hour, but you know, right. 30 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes stuff to really, to get the point across quickly, but really engaging in a way that's very engaging using everybody we can really. Yeah. Um, that, well, that well it, as you see, I mean, I mean, first of all, someone has got to tell the story, right? I yeah. mean, that that's, I think we all know that. I mean, this stuff is coming is coming to a head. I mean, we see that with Bergoglio, the whole gay blessings and stuff. It, every every month, it seems it's getting more and more. People are like, okay, wait, this can't be. So yeah. someone yeah. someone's got to tell these things so that people understand. I guess even where we come from, right. and and 
these people who live through it are going to die. And that's just how it is. I mean, and that's the harsh reality of life, right? That, I mean, many of these priests and, and people are, are already gone or will be gone soon. I mean, Bishop Dolan, I, I wish to goodness I had interviewed him. And I, I, I literally had one on the docks. Like it was, it was set up and he passed away. Like, like, like it was, it was set up like a week or two before. And, and then, you know, that's just how it works, of course, you know, and, and you know, God rest his soul. And, 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 and I really regret that. I was like, I, if I had done it a month earlier, you know, I could have gotten his you know, voice and he's incredible. I love Bishop Dolan, even yeah. though I never got to meet him. And, and that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. exactly as you say, that's what we got to do. I mean, we got to get these stories. We got to get these, the truth out, you know, the people, what they actually live through before they're gone. And, and yeah. they're all going to be gone soon. I mean, Bishop Sanborn, I mean, I mean, even Father McKenna, he's young now, but eventually, you know, you, you breathe in too much fire. You know, you never know what he is. <laughs> Father McKenna, you, you never know with him. You know, he's going to go out with, with a bang. I, I know that for sure with Father McKenna. But, but Eliza, I wanted to ask too, what, what is your website again? Okay, so um, my website right now is it's oldschoolmusicstudio.com dot unfortunately i have to do the dot weebly.com because mm. i didn't pay for the other <laughs> really huge fee um Weeb but we, weebly we, how do you spell that we can uh, it's w-e-e-b-l-y.com we can send you the link to and that way you you'll have it um sure. but yeah that and also that website is linked in every description of every music video so okay, um, yeah. it'll yeah. say like audio download and the musician's website click this so you can always go and and see there's a music page audio page that has every single one of them that I've done mm -hmm. um, okay. it's free for download, free for download and yeah. take it, download it, post it, whatever. I don't care. I, I don't oh. care. Whatever they want to do with it, it's theirs. I, I want it to be available. The whole point is to fill the need yeah. that is very great where we need wholesome music. That is, that is not something you have to worry about. Oh, is that gonna, you know, is that bad for us to listen to? Yeah. I don't want that in my head at all, especially for, you know, my own children in the future. We want to be able to give them, a lot of music, a lot of music, a lot of media that's wholesome and pure and that nobody has to worry about. Do I have to edit out, you know, seven different things or mm -hmm. pause or, or skip? We don't yeah. want to deal with that. We, we want it to be available. And, and I don't, I also don't want to have it and then have people say, well, do I need to pay for a CD? Do I need to, yeah. you know, pay to stream it? No, it's mm -hmm. all available for free download. And I don't care what you do with it. I'm, I'm not freaking out about copyrights yeah. just take it and use it yeah. it's yours and, and the it's same yours. <laughs> the same is true with the uh the videos that we make yeah no monetize no yeah, no ads no, you know we don't want that one thing that we wanted to make sure is um and we understand why people do it yeah but, yeah, but we wanted to do the best we could to keep this clean even of any potential ad that would be uh, a danger to your soul that might appear um because sometimes i don't trust you too <laughs> yeah that, that will happen yeah but, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> And um, if people want to download the videos and keep it, you know, just in case for any kind of reason, that yeah, that's completely like it, yeah. permission is given. Yes, um, it's, it's open yeah. and free for the public. It's uh, yeah, it is, and yes. that's one thing with her when she talks about listening to music. The same thing is true for me with the visual arts. It's like okay, if I'm gonna watch a movie, there's certain movies that we've even gone through recently that were like mostly good, but there's like little bits and pieces mm -hmm. that you got to like either watch out for and or out. explain. And that's fine to have discussions with your family, but we're trying to make that very easy for the parents, very easy yeah. for the families that they can just put it on. If, if we, you know, if God willing, he blesses us and we are able to make something much bigger, mm -hmm. even to a, uh, you know, feature length down the line, if God blesses us with that, mm -hmm. it will be something that any Catholic could put on Anybody, and say, yes. it's fine. They, they could just put it, watch it and it's completely uh, untainted with any Completely issues. Completely clean. Yeah, that's, so, that's the goal. Yeah. Everything just 
available, and that, free, yeah. and completely clean, and just trying yeah. to fill that void that's yeah. out there. And like how you said, going back to what you talked about with media and how powerful it can be, we talk about these beautiful cathedrals that attracts people yes, in yes. and it brings that glory to God. And we're just trying to do the exact same thing on a small scale, on a small scale, <laughs> you know, humbly yeah. and yeah. knowing that we want to make and we want to we really want to continue doing this until we die yeah. constantly with our with the talents that God gave us, giving it back to him, glorifying him and really bringing a sense of somewhat normality to Catholics or we can watch that channel and it's fine. Yes. You know, we can watch this content and we can really enjoy sit down, you know, and put on this movie, put on this music video, put on the, that song and it's fine. Yeah. So uh, that, that's really our goal. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's a perfect way to end it guys. I think that's uh, I really appreciated getting to know you and I, and I hope, and, and truly wish for your your success. I hope everyone who's watching this goes over and subscribes to the YouTube channel. Of course, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and, and guys, share, like, comment, all those things because everybody knows or everyone should know that, that YouTube is not going to help any of us out. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, Catholic content. Let's, let's boost that algorithm. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's just not going to happen. So the only way it's going to happen is if, if, if you help out and it really truly is likes shares and comments that really is even if you even if you don't love it which i think you will i mean if you don't if you listen to that el martyrs song and you don't love it then well just unsubscribe to the channel I don't, <laughs> I don't want you here okay no no i'm kidding right? but but seriously though if you don't i mean go go and go and listen to that like it comment because again if you do that you actually help other people see it and that that really is what i know that's what these guys want that's what i want it it is the idea that we spread good media in order to give glory to God, but also to bring people to the truth. And I can tell you from, and I've been doing this for a couple of years now and stuff, and I can tell you, it's not from my content, it's mostly from my mom's. We had a, a, a person, they, they, they sent an email to a priest, I think they said, yeah, you know, we, we started going to a city of Conscious chapel because of the Catholic family podcast. So I was like, whoa, you know? and, and I was kind of like, you know, and I, I admit it, I was feeling pretty, pretty proud. And, and I was kind of wondering, like, oh, I wonder which video. And they're like, oh, it was the, it was recording that my wife did of the agony in the garden from, I forget which book it was from, but it was during Lent. And she just recorded a simple story of the agony in the garden. And somehow they caught that video. And I guess from that, they must've listened to one of the ones with the priest who talked about state of Vicantism. They, they, from the beauty of this video, that was simply a story about the agony in the garden that yeah. caught their interest in their trust. And they, they said, wow, this is so beautiful. I need to look more. And that's incredible. And that, that's, that's what it's about. I can tell you. And that, that's what we're trying to do. And I know you guys as well. So, so thank you both so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Anything I can do to support you guys in the future. I hope you know that I'll do it. Um, I hope we can work together in the future as well. Um, looking forward to it. Um, everyone again, go, go over to them, like share, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Andrew, Eliza, it's been a pleasure. Um, Hopefully we'll do it again sometime soon. Until then, God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you so much. Thank you.